0: Are you ready to talk Padres baseball? We've got you covered. Today, the Padres begin a four game set against the Nationals at Petco. And in studio, we've got Mike Janella talking and doing other stuff. Gobsmacking. It's sort of a different way. spellbinding.
1: There's so many is stats. A, is that a real word? Padres? It is. Yeah, yeah it okay. is. Yeah,
0: gobsmacked. Alongside Mike, we've got Bob Scanlon because, well, it's obvious why. I'm the, you know all that in, in a box of donuts. And rounding out the crew, it's Chris Ello, who's earned himself a return trip to the show because of his guacamole.
2: Mm. Sounds, oh, yeah. Sounds mm. good, the crunch on air just sounds amazing. Oh, mm. this, tastes, this
1: is really good, Chris. good. Thank you. Glad you liked it. Good I can job. see why you would bring it first overall to a
2: barbecue. <laughs> see, that's this why. This is great.
0: Now, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the Western Metal Supply Company building, it's Padre Social Hour with your hosts, Mike Janella, Bob Scanlon, and Chris Ello. Well, hey there, happy Thursday, and welcome to Padre Social Hour.
1: Padres, indeed, getting ready to welcome the Washington Nationals who are 5 games up in the NL East for a four game set, 7-10 first pitch. The Nats are out there on the infield at Petco Park as we speak. No guacamole this time around. You missed
2: out, Bob. Sorry, buddy.
3: <laughs> you know, just knowing that you brought some and enlightened this young man. Yeah. Th- that's I big. Th- I felt good fired about up. that. No, that's awesome. It was I good. mean, you I have really to be there it. to appreciate the effort, The, on the your guac part. was great, the yeah. chips were great. You know what else is great? Your beard. It's coming in really nicely, my friend. Thank you very oh, much. Well, that's right. I read about that. Now, what, yeah. is, what is it again? And you're, you're a couple days
1: behind me. Well, yeah, but yeah, it's more like two months behind right. You, right? <laughs> <I> <laughs> mean, What are you. What are you waiting <laughs> for? So uh, I decided that the Padres are struggling. They, they won a series finale yesterday, and we'll get to that later on in the show as well. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff, but they still have not won on a Sunday. And so on Sunday, when they went 0-10 for the season on Sundays, I said, you know what? I'm not going to shave until the Padres have a win on a Sunday. Man, that and costs you a week every I know, time. I know. And it's gotten to the point now where we have...
0: Beard Cam.
1: Yeah, so this... Uh, this, this, this camera, <laughs> it, it's okay. If you're looking from the side, you can't really tell, because I don't really grow that well here... But it's right here, like the goatee area. That's where it really comes in strong for me, and the, the mustache. You zone. know, what the funny so thing is, you we're had taking an update look every day until they went on a Sunday.
3: You had that beard three hours after you decided to start growing it. <laughs> no, I mean, it I just did like not. it Bam, just hasn't it gone just, anywhere since. Right, right, it's been the same now for saying? three days. I'm yeah. like I'm
1: like Jeff Francoeur. I peak early in the career, <laughs> and then I just
2: plateau the rest of the way. God, so. I don't know. Can, is it possible that the Padres can keep it going long enough so that he looks
3: like Charlie Blackman? Anything's possible, but I'm hoping that he's a clean-shaven man. And just yeah, a, no like, kidding, you know Yeah, ideally hours. this Sunday coming yeah, up, uh, exactly. game four
2: of the yes. four games Hey, series. I'm a clairvoyant because I said last week they will go 500 in series finales the rest of the season. And since that prediction... They're one and one. Indeed. They, yeah. Well, there you, go. So and, there you uh, go.
1: Including the one yesterday, finally getting them off the snide. Uh, yeah. We are going to talk about that in a little bit uh, later on in the show. We also have a stand-up comedian and senior comedy correspondent. Uh, that's a real title for <laughs> Fox Sports, <laughs> uh, Steve Hofstadter. He was here on the show last year. He's coming back as well. Uh, we, tweeted, we teased this on Twitter earlier. Uh, the logos in baseball that have got to go. We've got a couple of those, so we're going to talk about those in a little bit as well. Uh, Make sure to join the conversation at any point using hashtag PadresSH. You can also jump on the live chat happening at Padres.com slash social hour. But before we get to the game from yesterday and the series finale win, finally, first one in over a month, I would be remiss if we didn't start today with uh, commemorating what is an unfortunate day in Padres history, uh, the two-year anniversary of the passing of Tony Gwynn. And uh, the Padres are doing a great thing today. So the new LED lights here at Petico Park, they're great. They turn on in the snap of a finger. It's not those old lights that take forever to warm up. They brighten everything. The problem is it's much like when you're watching a Lakers game or a, or a Knicks game. It shines so brightly on the action that's happening that everything else kind of gets a little bit darker. So the lights at the Tony Gwynn statue out there at Park in the Park have been a little bit drowned out. So the Padres have announced, and today's the first day they're going to light it up. They've increased the lighting. They've gotten some LED lighting on that statue. So now Tony will shine as brightly as he deserves starting tonight. It's all—it's aw- an awesome touch.
3: Yeah, no, I can't wait to see it. And it, it's a great thought on the Padres' part. And it just sort of you know brings back all the memories of Tony Gwynn. Do, do we ever get tired of talking about Tony? No, I mean, I, mean I see to him all the time. Up? I mean, I see him yeah. like
2: every time I go to San Diego State and his, you know, Tony Gwynn Stadium and his yep. pictures are everywhere. And I, I mean, I just obviously, I can't believe it's been two years. I don't think anybody can believe it's been two years. And we were, uh, Ben Higgins and I, who's also on the social hour, were doing our morning show. And uh, I think it was Bill Center who tweeted it out. And it was just like right in the middle of the show, you know, seven in the morning, something like that. And, and Ben said, uh, oh my goodness, I'm going to have to read something that I never wanted to have to read. And I didn't know. Exactly what it was going to be, because I didn't know that Tony was sick or that sick, and he read it, and I mean I, I, i'm I always have a comment, <laughs> you know, and I think my comment was really we ought to just go to commercial for a minute and just think about it. i i can't I don't have anything to to say yeah it was just that's that that sour of a, of a feeling
3: yeah, we were in Seattle at the time, and uh, I remember waking up that morning and hopping on. Twitter and Facebook and just seeing all was like, oh my gosh, you know. And and we were somewhat aware that, that he had been sick and that things had been really getting rough for him, but I didn't realize that it had gotten that rough and it was just shocking. I mean, even though we knew everything that he'd been going through and the fight that he'd been fighting for so long, it was still just a, a, a punch to the gut. And you know, Ted Leitner, my broadcast partner, and, and I were trying to figure out, okay, you know, what are we gonna do, how are we gonna handle this? And I was really worried about Ted, especially because you know how close Ted was to Tony and how many years that they spent together. Um, So it was a very uh, emotional how did Ted do so that night, like on the broadcast? You know, it was unbelievable. Remember? He actually he held it together, and uh, he, he told some great Tony stories, as, as Ted <laughs> can do. And, and sure. Ted had some stories that were just uh, o- only he would know, you know, being on the flights with Tony and being in certain situations with him. So it, w- it was a great retrospective, and it was wonderful to hear all those things, but it was also just heartbreaking the reason why we were starting to hear some of those stories come out.
1: Yeah, I obviously, uh, having only arrived here a couple months ago, I was still back in New York, but he was one of those players that, you know, growing up, he transcended you know, any market. He could have played for any team and he would have been someone that no matter where you lived yeah. in this country, in the world really, if you followed baseball, he was someone that would resonate. And to the, not being here, I also didn't know really the severity of what he was dealing with as some folks that were here and were behind the scenes maybe did get to know about. So for me, I remember it being very much a shock. And now the fact that it's been two whole years is, is very shocking still, too. One of yeah. my
2: favorite things that ever happened was I was in a, at a Padre Phillies game in Philadelphia just happened to be there. And it was his last game in Philadelphia mm. as he'd announced his retirement. And when he came up to pinch hit, standing ovation from the people in Philadelphia <laughs> who boo everybody, right? right? yeah. And, I mean, I had a tear in my eye because yeah. I was like, I didn't really realize that he resonated that much on the East Coast, and, and that was fun.
3: Well, the thing also is that everybody knew him as a baseball player, but I think more than most other athletes, the nation understood what kind of a man he was as well, and that's not always the case. A lot of people respect players because of what they do on the field, but not only did the city of San Diego understand what a great person he was, But I think uh, the rest of baseball also was able to to feel that and appreciate that as well.
1: Yeah, 100%. And uh, you mentioned Bill Center briefly there, Chris. He wrote an awesome piece today for Padres.com. I'm going to retweet it now as we head to break. You talk about stories. I mean, Bill's got stories about (laughs) tons of people, (laughs) but some great ones about Tony. And an awesome one in this piece about uh, Tony helping a Little League team that was stranded on the side of the road coming back from Yuma during spring training Mm. back to San Diego and what Tony did for them. So. Uh, I'll retweet it. We'll have the hashtag PadresSH on it so you can search it that way or head to Padres.com. Go to Bill's handle, too. Um, and certainly, uh, I mean, that's the, I think the best thing we can do is just relive some of the great stories uh, on, on a sad day like yeah. today. I but don't
2: know. Picture him racing around third in the All Star game, coming in and score that winning run. Picture yeah. him coming up with that big hit against the Cubs in game five of the playoffs. Yeah. And then remember after, that
3: stuff. Not only do you picture him accomplishing those things, Chris, but also remember his laugh. Because th- th- that no that one had one just, like it. No, it was so the greatest. Ever, and that was yeah. the thing that Ted immediately <laughs> went to. He had a recording of Tony's laugh on his phone. And I remember Ted playing it multiple times during that day and both of us tearing up as he did so.
1: Yeah, yeah that's great. And again, uh, the Padres for tonight's game will have the, the new LED lights now shining even brighter on that Tony Gwynn statue. Mr. Padre in the spotlight as he so and always will deserve. So Amen. It's going to be awesome to take a look for that. Um, All right, we're going to take a break, but then when we come back, we will get to that game from yesterday, the Padres, with a nice win, finally a daytime win, finally a series (laughs) finale win, and then we'll get you ready for all the other stuff we have happening here tonight as well before the Nationals start this four-game series against these Padres. Celebrate Dad this Father's Day at Petco Park. It's coming up on Sunday right around the corner. The Padres, in partnership with Sharp Mary Birch Hospital for Women and Newborns, will honor all dads on Sunday, June 19th when the Padres take on the Nationals at 1.40. Purchase a special Father's Day theme game package and get a pair of Padres-themed socks. Get tickets at Padres.com slash games. We're taking a look right now at that Tony Gwynn statue in the daylight. Looks good during the day. It'll look even better at night now. We're back with more Padres Social Hour right after this.
0: Before every game, get your Padres talk on with us. This is Padres Social Hour.
1: Tonight, 7-10, it's Eric Johnson making his home debut for the Padres,
3: taking on Padre
1: killer Tanner Rourke. I mean, I was researching for this game and did not realize the numbers this guy has against San Diego.
3: Yeah, I remember the first time we saw him pitch. It was in in Washington, and... uh, Didn't seem like he had all that much. I mean, a little three-quarter arm slot, and he's kind of flipping it up there 85 to 87 miles an hour, and we just couldn't figure him out. I mean, it was just one of those things, like, how's he doing? He's got the no see him ball going. Yeah,
1: 20 strikeouts and just uh, one run allowed in 20 innings against the Padres. Hopefully they can turn it around uh, tonight. Let's go back to yesterday, though, because we don't want to let that game slip away without talking about it. Um, I mean, they finally did one, a series finale win. Uh, It was the first one since May 11th when they won that doubleheader at the Cubs. We should have known this was coming because Matt Kemp the night before had drawn his first walk since May 11th that same day. <laughs> so maybe it was a good omen of things to come for the series. Um, but yeah, finally, they were able to pull it off. And a big reason why uh, was Luis Perdomo. We'll talk about him for in a sec as well. But uh, let's first also talk about who we deemed the heroes of the game. And it was the bullpen because Perdomo was good, but not really shut down and the offense did take a while uh, to get cooking but that bullpen yesterday and guys that had been struggling that's the important thing so bookter had been going through a rough patch brandon mauer still very inconsistent this year and rodney finally coming in allowing a bit of trouble in the ninth but able to put it away Uh, but them combined with perdomo a good pitching effort yesterday and uh what you see from perdomo that the bullpen was able to hold on to and get them to that victory.
2: Chris, anything stand out to you? Well, I just think he's getting a little you know, more relaxed, more com- comfortable you know, making starts and as part of the rotation right now. I, I don't know that I'm counting on Perdomo to lead me back into the race in the NL West, but I, I think, you know, look, I, he made a couple of spot starts, and I, I, those are tough to do. I, I think now that he's in the rotation, he can prepare properly, and, and I think you're seeing that result.
3: Yeah, and what I liked is, first of all, more strikes. First two of the three pitches that he was throwing for strikes. Struggled in the first inning. We've seen that before. He worked through it this time, which was nice, right? Yeah. And as you mentioned, he's had several quality outings coming out of the bullpen where he was able to go five innings. It was nice to see him do it himself, uh, you know, getting the ball and sort of getting himself more comfortable. I like the fact also that he had a lot of early outs. In other words, after that first inning, at least one out of the next five innings, there was an out made in the first pitch or the first two pitches. More depth on the breaking ball. I think he was not trying to throw it as hard and it's nice to see a little bit more depth on it, and I think he's pitching to contact a little bit more instead of saying, look, i got to throw this slider so hard that everybody's going to swing and miss at it. It's more, hey, I'm going to take a little bit off it, and it gave him a little bit more depth on his fastball, a little bit more back and forth that we haven't seen out of him before. So, it, look, this is a big outing for him. He's put back-to-back quality start or, uh, out of the bullpen, now a start. He has just bought himself at least two more starts, which is huge because, let's face it, if he had another rough outing right now, what do you do with him? I mean, it would have been his third start, Hasn't gotten past the second or third inning in any of them up to this point. Now he's got back-to-back great efforts, five innings or more. Now you can give him two starts and say, "Hey, go, go get him, kid."
2: Well, I mean, look—they're piecing everything together right now. They I mean, are, but, but they what else can you to do? do? It. I mean, I, I was thinking about it today. I mean, there's there's no there's no Ross, there's no Shields, there's no Kashner. I mean, your your big three are all gone. I don't know a team in baseball as good as a lot of these teams seem to be that would be coasting along right now if their top three pitchers were all gone one way or another.
1: Padres have reportedly, by the way, signed Edwin Jackson to a minor league deal of those uh, Miami Marlins. Not the best season in relief so far, but maybe another arm that's on the way. But the guys yesterday was the bullpen. After Perdomo put them in a position to win, all the arms uh, are combined heroes of the game. Hero of the game brought to you by the Hero Program, a new way to upgrade your home to save energy and water. Visit heroprogram.com to learn more. So let me ask you guys this. Perdomo yesterday... I mean, the sinker sinking, you mentioned getting the good contact, a very critical start in his uh, development in that juncture. It Where was. do you guys see his ceiling after seeing the kind of stuff he could flash yesterday?
3: Well, the thing that I've liked about him all along, everybody can see stuff. It doesn't take a genius to go out there and see 95-mile-an-hour fastball, right? But what I've liked is sort of the, the character that he's shown. Look, the young kid is out there. He doesn't seem overmatched. He's gotten beaten up a few times, right? And he doesn't back <laughs> down, okay? Which is okay because there's some kids that you see they go into that death spiral. He's not done that. He's pulled himself up by the bootstraps. And does he have a lot to learn yet? Yes. He still needs to locate his fastball. He's still learning how to use the off-speed pitch. But at least from, from a makeup standpoint, he has shown me something by hanging in there the way that he has and putting these back-to-back outings. Um, so I still don't think we know what the ceiling is, but at least you feel like you've got a guy that's got more than just an, an arm.
2: So I think the ceiling, though, is, is is what he is now. I mean, a five-starter, maybe a four-starter someday. I, uh, I, I, you know, I con- I'm i concerned about this this team just because basically right now they're throwing out all number four and five starters this kid this kid at
3: the beginning you think any
2: of these guys could really become an ace of a staff and be like a there's a big 19 and 7 there's a big difference
3: between being an ace of a staff and being a number five guy perdomo has enough stuff to be more than just a five or a four guy okay and and i'm seeing a little bit of again maturity and character in this young man and 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 let's face it he's got an ideal situation he's on a team where there's no pressure they can afford to keep him on there now as a Rule 5 guy without having to lose anything. And he's earned now himself a couple of more starts. Look, let's, Again, if, he, if he'd spit the bit this last outing, you might be thinking maybe we can run him through waivers and, and send him back down to the minor leagues. Instead, now he's earned at least two more starts if I'm the front office and say, hey, go get him, kid, and a golden opportunity to now expedite his growth.
1: What is it about him that maybe makes you a little bit more hesitant to... Chris and him, Chris.
2: Uh, just because he's, I mean, who he is and where he's come from. I mean, I, to me, you know, maybe he, he makes that big leap, but I, it's a long way from rule five to being an ace or number two guy in the staff. And, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the Washington Nationals coming in here this weekend, and I'm thinking, is there a single Padres starter that would be in the Nationals rotation?
3: You're talking about one of the best teams in the National League right I now, one of the best that. rotations. But you're talking that, about a kid that's sa- coming out of A-ball, and you're trying to say that, you know, he is who he is. Look, yeah, if, well, if he, he's if, doing fine for what spent, he is, if but if I don't think spent, he could be much more than that. I think that's so short-sighted on your part. I it's hope an, I'm wrong. It's not a guy that's been sitting in AAA for the last four or five years, and all of a sudden, oh, maybe he figured something out. What is the ceiling on this guy? We have no idea. He's so young. To put a label on a kid at this age, and that's just a personal pet peeve of mine, of, of scouts and organizations putting labels on guys so early <laughs> on talk in their career. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we're, we're all labeled, right? <laughs> One way or another. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, but to, to do that to a young man, I, I don't know what, he, what his upside is, but he's got plus stuff on the arm, and to me, again, he's showing some character, having gone through what he's gone through. So I, I want to see more. I mean,
1: for him i think and we've talked about the rule five the merits of it or the demerits of it as well this yeah. whole system on the show before but this is the ideal situation. It's to be with a team that he'll be able to learn the whole season without the pressure cooker of having to pitch maybe for games that matter Th- This that has much. been ideal. This yeah, is exactly it's how ground. it's
3: supposed to work along with, as you mentioned, having three other starters blow out so that you can actually give him a chance to pitch. Is it ideal for the organization? No, you don't hope that you're in a situation where you're missing all these starters and you have to throw them in there. But that being said, he's getting an, an unusually uh, generous opportunity that most Rule 5s don't I think don't the other get. thing,
2: too, is, I mean, he – Probably nine out of ten times, though, he loses that game yesterday because of his rocky first inning. The Padres don't rally from three runs down to win at home very often. They have been more so recently. Who cares? A little bit the more recently. P- well, what you mean, a- who cares? If he lost who- who- the game four to one, we wouldn't be talking about that's his not outstanding true. Yes, performance. Yes, we would. If he goes six I don't innings, think so. I think we're talking about, about it because he hung in there and gave the offense a chance to come back, and Melvin Upton and those yes, guys sir. came through. And won the ball game. That's absurd. It,
3: We're talking about a young pitcher. We want to see how he pitches, not whether the, the team scores him runs and runs support or not.
2: Yeah, if he, had, if he had the same line
1: as yesterday, six innings, three earned, quality start alert. I know you don't love that stat, but yeah. for a guy his age,
3: but they had right. lost. You th- I think we'd still be talking about what he did not yesterday. Not the same.
2: Not the same, I don't think.
3: I, I, I couldn't even care less whether he wins or loses. I'm looking at how he's throwing the ball I Is do? He developing as a pitcher. Why would you care I ca- at this because
2: point? I kinda cause I kinda like guys that go out there and get W's and win games. Right. I like teams that win games. I we're, sorry about that, Bob. It's just something that I, I kind of I like a, I like, like fan also,
3: but it all comes down to the development of this well, young. You choir. just said you don't care if you win or lose. I, mean, I don't know. I said I don't care if me? he won or lost that ball game. That's
2: good in spring training and all of that <laughs> stuff and you know, you can work hey, we're in the big leagues and it's season, it's it's game on. I think you got to have guys that can go out there and perform for you this and win season, for this you. This season
3: is about developing this young player. Okay. Yeah, that's what it is. So the and rest of the team doesn't
2: matter. It's all about no, the future about of Luis Perdomo?
3: No, I'm saying that he is – he epitomizes what this organization is about this season, which we knew right from the get-go. It was a team that was probably going to be dismantled. It is about bringing in the young pieces. He's one of these young pieces, and I hope that he does really well. And, frankly, I don't care what his win-loss record is at the end of the season as long as he's developed more as a pitcher so that when you get a team around him that can win and is supposed to win, he's ready to do it.
2: Tell me you wouldn't rather see him be 11-3 and three at the end of the season than 3-11, no, regardless not, of how he pitches. That's, no, that's, 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 that's totally true. That's
3: independent of what he does as an individual. Yeah, eleven and three with yeah. a five point nine because the team scores seven for him. I'd rather see him down there with a three point two ERA regardless of his win loss record this year. Okay,
2: yeah. Let us know what you think. How's I like Padre's wins, SAH? wins, wins, wins.
1: We
3: need to get him on with uh, with Nick Hannafa. who that's that's his number not, one thing look, above all else. There's, I know a bunch of guys who pitch just good enough to lose. Okay, so I'm. But not there's saying, a lot of guys that
2: pitch just good enough to
3: win. I agree. This is in a certain environment that puts them in
2: a special this, category,
3: and this environment has no bearing on that right now. Can't can't even determine it. Chime in. Let us know your thoughts.
1: Hashtag Padres SH on the curious case of Luis Perdomo (laughs) uh, moving forward for the rest of 2016. Meanwhile, Beer Fest, presented by Southwest Airlines, is back tomorrow. That's Friday, June 17th. If you're marking your calendars, as the Padres face the Nationals at 7:40, don't miss the live music and $5 beers from a variety of breweries. The first 25,000 fans in attendance will also receive a pair of Knockaround sunglasses, presented by Knockaround. Get your tickets today at padres.com/party. We teased them earlier. When we come back, we have a very special guest making his second ever appearance on Padres Social Hour. Steve Hofstetter, you're not going to want to miss it. Don't go far. This is Padres Social Hour.
0: You want to talk Padres? Lucky for you, we're doing exactly that. This is Padres Social Hour from the AMR studio inside Petco Park.
1: Tonight, 7-10, first pitch, Padres and Nationals. Welcome back to the AMR studio. Uh, tomorrow night, though, and the night after, this guy is also going to be performing here in mm-hmm. San Diego. Back for the second time in your career on Padre Social Hour. I don't want to just call you a comedian because you do so much more, but Steve Hofstetter, what's up, man?
4: Uh, I guess comedian, uh, philanthropist, social annoyance, whatever, <laughs> robot overlord, whatever title you want Have you ever you said something
2: that you think is kind of funny and somebody said to you, what are you, a comedian? Oh yeah. And you said oh, yeah. Actually, actually, matter of fact, very often
4: I, I post a lot on uh, on the Reddit baseball forum on our baseball Sure. And most of the people there know who I am and every now and then someone's be like, ha-ha, you should be a comedian." And it's just fun to just be like, uh, "Now that you uh, mention matter matter it." of fact, it, yeah.
1: yeah. And we're welcoming you, Steve, uh, on the Chulula Hot Seat. You are uh, you're in town, you're performing at the Comedy Palace mm-hmm. tomorrow night and Saturday, right? But I mean, you are a big baseball guy, and then yeah. we have some of our audience, some of our fans, they've let us know before. We had like Snoop Dogg on last week, and they yeah. say, I don't like when entertainers are on the show. They want just hardcore baseball all the time. Not Did, very
2: many people said that. Don't worry. La- last I, year, was, when me, Jesse imagine was they here, would say that. Last year when deal. Jesse
1: was here, you he kind of gave your credentials for like five minutes. I'm not yeah. going to give you that much satisfaction. But, I appreciate that. Uh, state, your, state your case for our audience for a while, you know, your, your sports bona fides because they are plenty.
4: I've uh, been a baseball fan for 32 years. I'm only 36. So <laughs> I've been a baseball fan pretty much as long as I can remember. I work for Fox Sports, hosted Finding Babe Ruth on FS1. I'm the current host of Major League Podcast, where we interview former baseball players and ask them silly questions. Uh, like, we asked CJ Nikowski what it was like to be traded for a player to named later. Like, <laughs> does that hurt your feelings when they're just like, get the hell out of Detroit? <laughs> Good point, yeah. Like, who do you get for me? We don't really know. We don't <laughs> <Not> care. <really laughs> anyone who is named later. Is yeah, better exactly. Maybe one. dinner. We don't know. Uh, and, you know, so I've done a ton of that stuff. And right now I'm on, uh, I call the first pitch comedy tour. Um, I've thrown out 16 ceremonial first pitches for uh, seven major league, including here last year. Yep. Uh, and uh, nine minor league, and it's been a ton of fun. And so I'm coming back to I'm ringing the ceremonial bell now. This let me time. Ha- let me ask you because I yeah. couldn't
1: find this video. Was your first pitch last year so bad that they had to reassign you to another
4: role this year? Like, it what was happened? too good to follow. No, oh, okay. it was uh, It wasn't that great. I'm actually very mad at Colin Ray because I don't think he tried for it enough. It went by him. <laughs> he was your catcher. <laughs> I was very very mad at Colin Ray. <laughs> I will not forgive him. Uh, I no, it was uh, it was actually probably of the sixteen. It might have been my worst might have been my worst because it was, you know, it was in the dirt. It got by him. But it was a real pitch. It wasn't a throw, and that's the difference. Right. Like, I, I don't always throw strikes, but I always, but I always pitch. I always at least try. I never get the people who are like, I'm going to throw the ceremonial first pitch in front of 20,000 people, and it was like, meh. Like, why would you just practice Wind up once? and let it fly. Exactly.
1: Give it a shot. I you 100%.
4: You're on a major league mound. Try yeah. and throw a real pitch. Like oh, trying I, to get somebody out. there was someone, because, uh, you know, there are always a couple of them. The first pitch is usually like the eighth pitch, right. but uh, there was someone who threw one at one of the minor league games where she thought it would be funny to, because she's like, oh, I can't throw, I can't hit it on a fly, and so she ran it to the catcher, and like, it's one of those things that the first couple steps, you got to commit to the bit at that point, point. Yes. and the whole crowd was just <laughs> looking around do- just being like, what is yeah. this, and it was so bad, she actually didn't even, she dropped it. Like she tried to put in his glove and she missed, and he was so confused <laughs> that he was just like, "Why is this woman running at me? What is happening right now?" So she's still—it was still a ball, even though she was like next to. it away a little What would have
2: been good is if the guy picked up on it, the catcher, and just started running away from her. That would have been fantastic. And make her chase and then just—just just the whole
4: awesome. thing. Put Benny Hill music on it. Right. Little would, Benny Hill. It seems like just, just nobody going. was on the same page at all. I that. would love <laughs> it. It was when I so when I threw the one here last time, I was all excited about it. I was feeling great and i was the fourth one there were four people and the first guy not so good the second one made me doubt the existence of god it was just (laughs) horrific and then the third we're not naming any names here and the third no no no. i mean you could look up the footage but then the third one i was like okay this is good she's like probably mid-50s you know she worked at a bank and we like a sponsor got to throw it i'm like oh this will be great and then I see her warm up on the sidelines, and she's winging it at, like, 70 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And I said to her, I was like, you ever play? She's like, eh, I played a little bit of softball. I'm like, a little bit for what? And she was like, USC. Like, it was just it was she was, ridiculous. She was good. Yeah. yeah.
2: I, has, the, has, the, has the opening pitch lost any of its uh, esteem now that we have four or five a night?
4: Uh I, you I, th- know what I mean I think that it's it's definitely more special when you get to be the only one. Yeah. But I've I've had to follow some severely difficult people to follow. I've followed uh, I've followed war heroes, I've followed clergy, uh, I've followed a sick dying child, like just the and, and they're like, and now the comedian and I'm like, I'm really <laughs> sorry guys. I'm <laughs> I i do not need to right. be here. Yeah.
1: It's still an honor, though. Even if I was number 10 out of 10, I would love to I be know. able to throw a first pitch
4: and a major stadium. It is stadium. amazing. I
1: mean, that's Although, I, I
4: tell you this. The Padres have so many pregame things. I feel like there's one person in the stands at each game being like, how come I don't get to be on the field? How
2: come <laughs>
1: everybody else gets to go? How come Pretty not much. me? That's there's what I the, feel when I'm it was, the It's nice to be inclusive and to get it, everyone involved. It is
4: amazing, and it's something that it, it's a total dream. You know, some of these, especially like some of these minor league games I do, they're in like these small towns. Some of the other people who do the pitch are you know like some kid because it's his birthday and they brought a bunch of friends there and that's got to be a memory that you always treasure and for here sure. I am being like I want to do them all like a jerk, <laughs> but it's been it's you been should a be lot more of fun. grateful
1: for these opportunities. It's
4: it's been a ton of fun. I I love every single one of them. I have another ten or so coming up this year. That's and awesome. So yeah, I'm trying to do as many as I can and I'm trying to have like little collections. Like now, I'm trying to do each team named in Bull Durham. Like each team that they played for or played against. Oh, I got you. now. So okay. yeah, I'm talking to the Durham Bulls already and the Asheville Tourists, and so I went to a Durham Bulls game a couple years ago. I haven't been when yet. we were I'm back. The Aztecs
2: were playing uh, North Carolina in football, so Duke's right, right, right there. I just nice. talked to them today. So it was fun. They yeah. still got the they still got the sign out there. Hit it here, and you win a stake. Yeah, and they, but you can't hit it there. They don't I mean, normally.
4: Yeah, they don't normally do ceremonial first pitches in Durham also. Like, they're going to make an exception for me, which is oh, yeah. amazing.
2: So I'm very, very, nice. very excited about like that. Like about the former players that you've interviewed? I mean, yeah. a lot. they must love that. I mean, it's, it always seems to me that players that are former players, yeah. they enjoy getting back in the spotlight a little bit. Who's been fun to talk to, number one? Number two, yeah. it's a sad day for us here to remember Tony Gwynn, but I would think... He would have been so perfect for that kind of a segment. I would have loved to
4: be able to talk to him. I mean, the the mantra of Major League Podcast is we talk to you as a person, not as personnel. And the premise is we never say, was it a curveball in the eighth inning? We don't care if it was a curveball in the eighth inning. We want to know what it was like to be drafted. We want to know what it was like to be let go. We want to know the human side of it. Um, Sean Casey was amazing. We just had him on, uh, I think, two weeks ago. And he was fantastic. I mean, uh, if you've ever spoken to him, he's just the most gregarious person the I've mayor. ever met. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he was great. Uh, I mean, Gary Matthews has just a treasure of old stories. Uh, Rick Cerrone, really affable guy. I mean, there were so many wonderful ones. And then some of the other ones that people haven't heard of necessarily is, you know, Tim Battle, who nev- he's the only minor leaguer we talked to. I he know. never made it to the majors. He was, he's still battling battling he's still uh (laughs) he's 30 playing in japan now he got drafted third round by the yankees and then got to camp and got cancer three months later and so his story is just heartbreaking and also heartwarming at parts and it was just it was a ton of fun to talk to him and what i what has been happening is a lot of high school and college teams have been playing episodes for their players because so many of them are cautionary tales of like don't blow all your money and if you get drafted, that doesn't mean you're going to go to the majors. You know, and there's yeah. a lot of stuff like that.
0: That's, That's a neat thing, man. Yeah, man it's I want to check very that awesome. out. Yeah, so uh,
1: your Twitter handle, at Steve Hofstetter. Yep. You want to spell it out for those people that may not know how to spell Hofstetter? Uh,
4: well, Google will correct you if you want. But And you could also, at Major League Pod, if you want to follow Major League Podcast. Uh, but it's H-O-F-S-T-E-T-T-E-R.
1: Awesome. Well, check it out. Uh, Stand-up comedian, philanthropist, right? Senior yeah. comedy correspondent <laughs> for Fox Sports. That's a real title. <laughs> that one's Senior real. Senior that correspondent. That's his yeah. title. Yeah, exactly. So check him out in the Comedy Palace tomorrow night, Friday and Saturday as well. Right? Yeah,
4: it's going to be fun, and I'll probably I'll probably talk about the game a little bit because I love talking about experiences. we have that to I just ditch had, the game so. to come
2: see you perform, or are you after the game?
4: Uh, I will be, I think, during the game, but you could probably catch the late show. Okay. Like, after the game. You could probably catch me after the game.
2: Perfect.
1: There we go. Padres yeah. and Steve, a little doubleheader over the weekend. Sounds good. I like <laughs> that a lot. All right. Uh, I also, I would have gone on for 10 minutes. I, you're a Queens guy. You grew up in New York. I lived in Astoria the last five years. Yeah. That could have been the whole segment. But we'll talk off the air and not bore everybody. That's I am a Queens boy.
4: So, today, while you're playing the Nationals, go Padres, please. There
1: you go. There <laughs> you go. Yeah, Mets fan. Definitely rooting for the Padres, uh, in particular, this weekend more yeah. than most, I'm sure. Steve, thanks so much, man. Good luck with the bell.
4: Thank you. I'm
1: going to bring it my best. All right. Good job with that. Uncapped real flavor with Cholula hot sauce, the hot sauce with the iconic wooden cap, and the official hot sauce of the San Diego Padres. When we come back, we're going to talk about which Major League Baseball logos got to hit the road. You've been giving us your ideas all day long. We'll talk about that when we come back. This is Padres Social Hour.
0: From analysis of what's happening on the field with your Padres to insights on everything MLB, we've got it right here. This is Padres Social Hour.
1: All right, thanks again to Steve Hofstadter for swinging on by. as We're back here on Padres Social Hour. Padres and Nats. Steve's still here. Wait for the camera. It sees you. There he is.
3: All right, Steve. Around. <laughs> yeah, no, check him out again. Hey, Colin Bob, what Carlson are you, a at comedian? Not at all. Oh. I have no skills whatsoever. Bob am came in and no brought a little levity to the show. That's right, awesome. Right, right. <laughs>
1: not, a, not a prop comic. You're more of an outfit comic. Some of the outfits you wear, like the Marlins. Some physical comedy. Yeah,
3: physical a comedy. That's yeah, what I wanted to not say. not even yeah. trying to be funny. I'm just wearing what I would just wear to bring in a do? Marlin. Yeah. Trying to help the ball exactly. club out, right? I I love it.
2: listen to you on the radio and laugh yeah. all the time. I don't yeah, know yeah, it's what like you're talking
3: What is this clown talking
1: about? Speaking of the Marlins, they inspired me yesterday. They've got that cap logo they have. It's the multicolor M with the little Marlin hanging off of the corner of the M there. And I sent out a tweet today, every Thursday, we do something called the Thursday Three, where we come up with a list of three things and it's all about you know whatever inspiration strikes me. And I thought that logo, has, it's got to go. <laughs> and I thought, but compared to the other logos around baseball, which ones are maybe the most in need of a little, a little kick out to get these guys something new? And yeah. I sent the tweet out today asking fans uh, for their suggestions and we got a ton of them. So we're gonna scroll some of them on the bottom of the screen while we're talking about it uh, before I give uh, my final list. But uh, any of that come to mind for you guys that uh, do we all agree about the Marlins one? Is that on your list?
2: I, I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with agreeing with the Marlins. Yeah, no, I, I don't have a problem agreeing with
3: that. I when, don't when think it it's the out. worst one though. When it first came out, were you thinking maybe it'll grow on me? I mean, it's so outrageous that maybe I'll get used to it. Maybe it's so cool. I, I just give them don't credit know for taking yet. a chance for trying to be different. <laughs> right, yeah, right. but
1: it's just it, with time, it hasn't done anything for yeah, me. I agree. Actually, I'll, I'll give work. you my list first, and then we can go off of that. All right. So to Honorable mention goes to the Brewers. Because I love their logo, the classic, the subtle glove that's an M and a B. The old school one. The old school one. Yeah. And they've been reintegrating that in about half their games. Most of their games I've been seeing lately. That so saves they, them because yes. otherwise
2: they'd be on the list for sure. Exactly
1: My point, exactly. So as they keep going back to that, I give them props. But the, the M with a little, like, the chafe of wheat or whatever, I don't like that no one. Okay. But honorable mention. Agreed. Number three, the Marlins. I give them some credit for trying something new and the whole Miami, you know, the Art Deco and the colors and all that. But uh, it's just too much. And I don't like mixing letters with another thing. So the fish and the M, one or the other. I don't like them both. Uh, Number two for me, Tampa Bay. I love, and the Padres do this, every other team that has a uh, multi-name, a multi-part name, San Diego, San Francisco, Los Angeles, New York, you interlock the letters Tampa Bay does not do that. The (laughs) T and the B don't touch, and it looks so weird. So fix that, guys. They used
2: to interlock when they very first came into the major leagues. Back when they were the Rays. And then they had uh, the Devil Rays. They had the Devil Rays, Rays the T and the B, but now when they became the Rays – they separate it's the teeth. That's awful. It looks so bad. So so bad. So with to me is,
3: you're a guy that doesn't like mix yet. You'll mix ketchup with your cheesesteak, but you have a problem putting a fish on a hat with an M. Kind of, If there strange was ketchup on that fish, then maybe. you'd be fine. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, be really you'd <laughs> be all right. <laughs> exactly. And uh, the one that really needs to go the most for me is the C that the Cleveland Indians are using now. I understand why they've gone away from Chief Wahoo and gone to that, but that C is so boring and nondescript, Pretty and bland. it could be literally any team that's ever started with the letter C in the history of any sport.
2: It's just a block C. I'm kind of sad that they gave in. Mm -hmm. I I mean, I understand why they did it, too, and uh, the political correctness of the world we now live in. But Chief Wahoo, I mean, that that, that was a special part of baseball. I'm sorry. I, you know, I I know there was some You're going to get all kinds of tweets now, politically incorrect, Yes, I'm politically incorrect. I didn't think that that was a put-down. Any others I'm
3: missing? Well, C was actually my honorable mention. The ones that bother me right now, Marlins are on it, of course. Yep. I'm I'm done with the C R from the Colorado Rockies. That, Somebody old. tweeted I'm just, that I'm just yeah. tired of that. They
1: don't like mixing two letters for the city and the team name. Yeah. Interlocking yeah.
3: That. Yeah. that,
2: they're yeah. the only team that does that.
3: Yeah, but it's been the same, that purple little trim around I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm over it, you know. And the other one, Arizona. that, that funky A with the little zigzag. I like going that, on. like that actually. Yeah, I'm not Bit a of fan. Use of negative I like snakes. the how about not the D
2: with, that's a D with that's actually a snake curling around. That's not the a other fan. one they use. I'm not I like a that fan. My one that I dislike the most is the Angels, and I don't think it's so much because I dislike this particular logo that they have now, which I don't like, but it's because they went away from what they had when I was a kid, and that was the interlocking L.A. with the actual halo halo on the hat. hat. I I just thought that was unique. Ingenious, fabulous, Dick Enberg, and ugly. I, where, no, it wasn't <laughs> ugly. And, and when the angels, unique, when the angels would get the bases loaded, Dick Enberg, God love him, would say, "There's a halo over every base," and there was a halo over every base. I, call, I, wow. I, I, I miss that, and so for that reason alone, I don't like the current Angels. See, like, now we
3: could do it and actually have like a neon uh, light in the hat and have actually it light up. Some LED yeah. light you up. You really think exactly. the halo's ugly? I'm not a fan. Not God, a fan of the halo on the, on the, the lid. Yeah, but no. I love the old stovetop hats that the Pirates used to wear back in the oh, uh, in We the Are Family days. Oh, the yeah, love stove those. Those oh, the mid-70s, the bicentennial stovetops. They were those now in the throwback days. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm love on the fence those. about but the those. the Stars on them? Uh, yeah. yeah. Blooper, yes. any take
1: on this? I know you're a big uh, aficionado of this kind of stuff.
2: Uh, it's not that I necessarily hate any of them. It's that they had better ones in the past, like Chris said, uh, the Mariners. The Trident logo was awesome. Trident's good. Yeah, that's my big
1: one. Now it's kind of the S with the compass. Yeah.
3: So you know yeah. where would where would the Montreal logo rank for you guys if it still existed? Well, the, the old excuse X-Lo me, logo. but if you could call up logo. the
2: old Montreal logo, yeah. you would see that it actually spells E L L O, for L O. Does it? So, so was I'm the sorry, hat. but I love that logo. It's the <laughs> greatest that, like, logo your, your, your in the your history parents, your of sports. Told you that when you were a kid my mom, a seller, yeah. I had an expo hat on one day, and my mom goes, Where'd you get that hat with our name on it? And I go, What are you talking about? That's an <laughs> M. She goes, No, look at it. It spells E L L O. And she was right. Leave you it have to mom to look spin, it, spin it in a positive
1: course, way. Right? Yeah. Uh, some love of my favorites you, from the folks that tweeted in that we had uh, run through uh, Joe Lanek at the Thin Gwynn didn't even mention them by name. He said Walgreens. The W that
3: the Nationals oh, okay. had. Yeah. That's a Walgreens so W. That's, that's, a but I think w w the Nationals
2: yeah. had it before these guys, before Walgreens. I mean, the original nationals, the Washington, original centers, Washington the Senators, the original
1: senators had the curly W. Uh, we'd, have to look, uh, we'd have to look into that. Yeah. Uh, but I do got to knock Joe a couple demerits because he doesn't like the Baltimore bird, like the face. I love that. The Oriole. That's
2: I'm one a of those fan caps. of the bird. Yeah, I like yeah. that bird. The clown face Oriole. I love that Oriole. I like the bird. That is, that's such a good bird. So,
3: oh, here's one. Some people love it. Some people hate it. The Toronto Blue Jay. Who hates it? Not a fan. Someone I, tweeted fan. It in to me today I'm saying they didn't like that one. I love yeah. it. I, I like I, it. I'm over the bird. I'm done with the bird. I have really? one quick I question. On
2: Sunday, the Cardinals wear a special logo on their hat instead of the STL interlocking. They wear the bird logo on the bats, which is fabulous. Yeah, yeah. I think on Sundays the Padres ought to consider putting the Swinging Friar on their hat, <laughs> just on Sundays. <laughs> Put it in the suggestion fryer. box
1: as long as it's not an, an l in uh, Padres. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no he
2: found that. was Subliminal in the Friar
3: logo. Yeah, no, go it's, there. Yeah. Exactly I, I think fair. on
2: the Sundays I'd like to see the Friar, the Swinging Friar. All, All right, we'll us. see if we know anyone we can get that suggestion to. Do we? Do we have any in contacts we'll, we'll in the see. organization? No one really listens, listens to me. He's got polls. He's got
3: polls.
2: We'll
0: find out. We'll see so how far that polls. We'll see how far that
1: poll Speaking of hats, I totally just realized this, this wasn't planned, but uh, this uh, Saturday, which is the day after tomorrow, this fedora is being given away, Padres Fedora, to all fans in attendance, for the Saturday game, 7-10 against these Nationals. Everybody will get one. It's presented by National University. Stay after the game for an all-star game-themed fireworks show, too. National Series weekend at Petco Park, presented by SAIC, Redefining Ingenuity. Get tickets today at Padres.com. When we come back, we'll take a look at tonight's starting lineup for the Padres. There are a lot of changes. You don't want to miss it. This is Padres Social Hour.
0: We're talking Padres all season long. This is Padres Social Hour, coming to you from the AMR studio inside the team store.
1: Welcome back to Padres Social Hour. Tonight against Tanner Rourke, the Padres will send out a lineup that's got a couple different changes in it. So we'll get to it right now. Presented by United Airlines, proud partner of the San Diego Padres. Right at the top, there's a change. Travis Jankowski leading off in center field. John Jay with a night off. Then it's Will Myers at first base. Matt Kemp in right. Young Harris Solarte playing second base and batting cleanup. Melvin Upton Jr. in left. Ryan Schimp getting a third straight start in the bigs at third base with Christian Bethencourt catching. Alexia Marista at short. And Eric Johnson pitching. Andy Green saying all the guys, the regulars that are out, are simply nights off, just getting a break. Nothing more serious than that. Takes us to our Supercuts head-to-head challenge. And yesterday... With Luis Perdomo, who got the win, Blooper gets himself a point. He's now up again by 15. It's 36 Come to 21. on. Stay
3: hot, Blooper. For real. The good go news
1: ahead. is, though, Chris, you get the first pick tonight, so you got? He's up 15? <laughs> yeah, you got a lot of
3: work to do.
2: <laughs> a lot Damn. of work to do. You can't
3: do it all in one swing, all right, big man? So right, just get your hit. Time. Yeah.
2: Wow. Chip uh, away. G- I'm going to go with – I'm going to stay – I went with Will Myers last time, and he got me a win, so I'll go with him again. All right, there you go. The couch had Myers last night and did not
1: get the win, but now Blooper gets a chance to do that two nights in a row. Melvin Upton Jr. All right, swinging the bat hot. He had a good game yesterday. So it's Myers versus Upton in the Supercuts head-to-head challenge. Blooper's lead uh, trying to get cut into – Good luck, Chris. It's been a a rough stretch for the couch. At Supercuts, they pay attention to every detail, the cut, the lines, the hot towel finish, so you can feel sharp, clean, and ready to go. Find the Supercuts near you at supercuts.com. When we come back, we're going to let you decide if your team scan or team LO will tell you on what after this. You're watching Padre Social Hour.
0: Get ready for every Padres game with us. Coming to you from inside the team store at Petco Park, this is Padre Social Hour. The Nationals are in town for a four-game
1: series. You figured you'd see most of their big guns in the starting rotation. We will not see Steven Strasburg, unfortunately, for a lot of people That's here too in shame. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But you still get Max Scherzer, and with those uh, names coming in and some other good guys as well, Joe Ross tomorrow night, Now, uh, you know, we'll talk about that tomorrow. But <laughs> I got me thinking, and I gave you guys a homework assignment for the show today. With Scherzer in mind, Strasburg as well, I wanted you to rank, in your opinion, the top five starting pitchers in Major League Baseball right now. And I had you give them to me separately so you wouldn't affect each other's choices. And we have those top five, and we're wondering what you guys think in terms of who's got the better list. So I uh, claim Kershaw number one, uh, of course, I think. That's and crazy. then you start differing a bit. Scanlon goes Kershaw, Bumgarner, Arietta, Syndergaard, and Max Scherzer, who we will see in this series. Chris goes Kershaw, Arietta, Bumgarner, Syndergaard, Chris <laughs> Sale. So basically, your guys' lists are very similar. You just flip-flop Arietta for Bumgarner, and one of you has Scherzer, one of you has That's Sale.
3: That's so weird. Yeah, there's not much to debate right here. I mean, it's just, you know, ticky-tack things on Arietta versus Bumgarner, two or three, that type of thing. I'll give and you a couple actually, of I, things. actually, I had Sale on my original list, to be honest with um, you. So really? Yeah. I, I, I took him off at the last second.
2: I only put Sale on for one reason. Because he's the only American leaguer on that list. It's amazing how many there, arms are in the National League there, right there now. There had to be that's one crazy. American leaguer represented. Number one, and here's why Bumgarner Didn't have to be. Well, <laughs> this that's why. All-Star game every representative. Five best right pitchers, now, right? right? But here's my reasoning for why Bumgarner's my number three starter. Because when I get to the World Series, Kershaw game one, Arietta two, Bumgarner three. When it comes back around, game seven. Bumgarner,
3: That's the guy I want on the mound. Oh, I oh. see. I, I wasn't planning it out. Yeah, well, World I was World thinking Series. that well, Bumgarner's gone 1-4-7 before. The question no, no, was true. not, how do you set up your rotation for the World Series? It
2: was the I just want was, him, well, who him in Game, game 7, seven for the World Series because there's nobody, obviously, more clutch in the game Oh, no question about it. Yeah. And it's interesting. Why'd you go with Cindergaard? I mean, of all of the young guys, I mean, I thought he has the best stuff, and obviously you agreed.
3: When you look at his game logs, I went back and looked at game logs because the question was, who would you go with today? And so I tried to just say, okay, realistically, who is really throwing the ball well, right now, and you look at Syndergaard's numbers, and, and that's kind of how I eliminated a few guys that were, you know, veteran guys. I just said, you know, who's been most consistent so far this season? Who's been hottest of late? And you look at Syndergaard's number; he's not had a bad outing. I mean, every outing is no runs. How did run, you go runs.
2: Scherzer over Strasburg, who's ten and zero? Uh,
3: well, look at Strasburg's number; he's had two or three. Not so great outings And so I looked at him I said he's a little bit More vulnerable Whereas the other guys On my list are guys That almost every time out They're going six, seven, mm. eight Or more innings And allowing two runs Or less and, there, and, and Scherzer had a couple Of roughies But other, but he had less roughies than, than Strauss Even though Strauss Has more and runs. he
1: I've said on this show He yeah. I think has the most Peak potential When he has that 20 strikeout stuff You're a I know I, you're a big Scherzer I, yeah, fan I love yeah, my yeah, K's I love that's my that's power um, I don't think we're Having you on Bob Before Scherzer pitches On Saturday What's a quick scouting Report for the no, like, try it, To, it, to it, attack him (laughs) good luck good luck yeah two words if you see
3: it and you think you can get to it early you better i mean the whole thing about patience, I love that when people, you got to be patient at the plate. you got to work the count. Yeah, you just take that, one strike, two strikes, so, three strikes. Exactly. If you've yeah. ever stood up there against a guy that's <laughs> dotting you on the outside corner with 95 and he's got that to go with it and he can work you in and out and back and forth. No, 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 no. It, he, the pitcher is in control of those situations. You're reacting to him. If you feel like you can get to a fastball that's out over the plate, you hunt for a location. If you get something in that location, you better square it just up.
2: Just hope he's uh, off his game he, a little. He's,
3: he's going to make a couple of mistakes. You better be on him. Yeah, he has had some It's funny, you look at, uh,
1: I mean, war is a stat that a lot of people can have some quabbles with. Uh, Fangraphs is you, Surger's not even on the first page for guys for this year. For war, because he I'm does not have that. that. He has he's that got s- two bad outings. Yeah, every couple, of once in a while, yeah. he's got a little bit of struggles. But yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see what kind of guy he is Saturday, because he does have that stuff. That.
2: What did you think of our list, real quick? The fact that we came up with four of the five same. I mean, are you kind of? I'm happy that means you guys are. I mean, you were great disappointed a are hoping right? to have
3: a few more flames and smoke coming up here, weren't you? Well, that's, that's weird. Right. That we got that, we that came in up earlier. So many the same. Tomorrow we're back at six with great Randy minds. Jones. He'd
1: be on anybody's pitching list, and Bill Center. That's gonna be fun. So tune in tomorrow. Thanks, guys. Blooper, nice job. Thank you. Thanks for you. watching. On your social hour.